Episode 79 of the Bussing Balls Podcast. He's John. I'm Jeffrey. You can hit us up on Twitter at Bussing Balls Pod. Email us, bussingballspod at gmail.com. You're listening through our native SoundCloud feed, soundcloud.com slash busting dash balls or the PWOM Podcast Network, soundcloud.com slash pro wrestling only. And you can find us on Spotify, search Bussing Balls Podcast. Today's topic Is there too much football? John Jeffrey debate whether we've reached peak saturation for the game. John, what's happening, brother? Well, before we uh, get on to the big news that everyone's talking about, it'd be remiss of me not to mention that we have, since we were last on air, seen one of the greatest league matches in Liverpool's history. And I don't <laughs> mean losing to Bournemouth. You know? I was say, that was yesterday, right? Uh, 1-0 <laughs> Bournemouth? Yeah. <laughs> I'm there first. I knew what you were going for. Hey, 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 John. Turns out Bournemouth, uh, maybe not as uh, easy an opponent as we thought. Well, I'd like the aggregate on the season for us. <laughs> well, you got that, but yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, we were, we were not good yesterday. Just, just what, you know, it, it's the same thing with this Liverpool team this season. If a team just sits deep, sits, you know, two blocks for, we haven't got the nouse, the speed of pass, the speed of thought to break it down at the minute. But let's talk about Liverpool Man United last week. One of the most remarkable halves of football I have ever seen in my life. Well, you know, it's funny you mention that because, um, yeah, with, with, with that in mind, this uh, helped kickstart what today's topic is. It's yes, certainly did. Because, because boy, have I never seen so many people so gotten to <laughs> over a Man United loss. And I, uh, and I remember the 6 1 thrashing at Old oh, Trafford yeah. by City. Yeah, the, the biggest loss for, I think it was, was it 90 years, something around there? 91 years? Well, that, that lasted all of what, 10 years? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was, yeah, I'm, I don't think I've ever seen a side just fall apart so completely in a half of football. Just, you know, Liverpool scored either side of half time, and Man United lost all the discipline, all their shape, and, you know, they ended up being called unprofessional by their manager. It was, <laughs> it was you know, a magnificent day. <laughs> and, you know, I, I got to tell you, though, they, they, they did bring themselves back up you know, in, in midweek against Real Betis. So credit, oh, yeah. credit them there. But then what was that? Man, what, what was that 
mare they had today against <laughs> against Southampton. Nil nil with Ten Hag essentially snagging the ref off after the game for not giving them a penalty and for sending Casemiro off because the guy hadn't had a red card when he was playing for Real Madrid. Wonder why that was. And then, right. <laughs> yeah, and then all of a sudden, yeah, he got two red cards, which are perfectly valid red cards. That challenge looked like a red card offense to me. It was personally. pretty straightforward, yeah. I, I'm just like, I, I was having some respect for Eric Ten Hag and the job he's done, which is still good, but dude, if, if you're blaming the ref, you're not talk, asking the right questions of yourself. Well, you know, uh, we do need to discuss that, though, because um, the the latest incident would be today with Newcastle against Wolves. Um, yet Nick Pope should have been sent off today. Newcastle were hosed. I was watching that with my dad today, um, and it was like, how the hell do you not get a penalty for that? That is, you know, he, Jimenez was past him, had the clear possession, but would have been clean thrown goal. Even if that is just an act, you know, a clumsy balance losing thing, he fouled the guy when he was clean thrown goal. If even if the ref had an obstructed view, I'm not sure how obstructed it was. I don't think it was that bad. VAR has to go take a look at the monitor, dude, because I, I just thought they were having a day off that day. And Ollie Byrne got away with a what looked like a horrific tackle as well on that earlier in the game. Yeah, they're, 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 VAR has been on one, and I'm going to start ranting too. Because last week against Bournemouth, Arsenal had four, count them, four handball penalty shouts just absolutely declined by VAR. Yeah. I mean, it, it did its job in the Liverpool-Bournemouth game yesterday, but, you know, how was that not given in the first place? The, you know, someone's got their arm out there, prevent the ball from going to goal. Blatant penalty. A rest more reluctant to give the decisions initially because they think that they are, will, will do a job for them. Maybe, maybe, you know, they're getting a bit too... And then they're not a bit too... You know, right, but, but you know, later and, in the yeah, day, and then VAR is not doing it, so maybe the bar is now ridiculously high for a penalty. Right, but later in the day, referee did not hesitate to give a handball penalty against Leicester in in the later game. And yes, this, this is, is the match we're talking about, where Arsenal came back three to two and gotten two pundits are all up in arms thinking that now it's Arteta time because six minutes were added on and uh, Reese Nelson scored in the 97th minute when Bournemouth were wasting time like nobody's business in that game. See, I have no issue whatsoever with time, with time waiting to be back. I've no issue. Did you see uh, was it Kalina's comments over the Liverpool Man United game last week? Mm -mm. No, he, he did say, you know, it was a game with, uh, what's it? Seven, seven goals, six of them in that second half. You know, numerous stoppages in play, full complement of substitutions, and there were only three minutes of injury time. He was just like, you know, goal, if goal difference is important to the end of the season, you having mercy on Man United is not is is kind of bending the rules. 
Yeah, but at the same time, Man United was not going to come back in that game, so there's no point. I mean, I yeah, see that. I, I see that argument. You know, like my, my dude, my dude. We could have got. We could have gotten to call him Eric Ten Nil forever. <laughs> at the rate we were going. Ah, uh, but anyway, I mean, the 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 point is, is that. Later in the day, there was immediately an, an immediate handball penalty given, which was completely, which was botched. <laughs> but, well, refs are utterly inconsistent. Again. Well, no, you know, it's it just, you know, we, we keep having this VAR debate. And, you know, we, we keep coming up with this, all this new technology. You know, first it was the goal line tech. Now we have the offside tech. And now we finally introduced, you know, VAR, you know, which... You know, has been you know instant replay has been in the NFL for decades. So as you know, in rugby they call it the television match official. At, oh, at, what, at, at what point no, has anybody thought to fix the refs? Well, I, I think this is an issue we have had on this podcast for a long, long time. Well, I'm... we're going to continue to have it because you know what the the English referees are fucking garbage. Yeah, and again, I know he was probably trying not to inflame the game against Man United. Man United were just getting very, very petrified again last week and barely got a yellow card out of it. Scott McTominay got away with an almost an ankle breaker. Bruno Fernandes got away with manhandling a linesman. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, let's, yeah, let's talk about this. But, you know, but you know, it, it, it's Man U getting washed 7-0 that – is the well again? We're we're gonna get to it with our main topic because that that, that 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 kicks out a whole fucking debate this week. But you know, again, we we keep trying to innovate all this technology. We keep trying. We we keep debating the worth of this technology. Why don't we fix the refs? How about that? Because yeah. it, it's been proven. I mean, one English ref in the last two World Cups. This is and it is just continually. We're talking. Obviously, we know there are going to be subjective decisions. There is going to be interpretation, but but they continue to blow calls all over the field. You know, I mean, who was it? Lee Mason, I think, got sacked from being a VAR. Yes, and, and then did. and then within a month, we're back to we're right back to it. Yeah, and the problem is they and, have not. And, and I still want our two points back, by the way. <laughs> My dude, if you if you go, if you're ahead of City at the end of the season, who cares? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know what? There's a difference between a five point lead and a seven point lead. My guy. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Well, well, let's see how it goes at the uh, Etihad for you in the near future. Yeah. Well, that game's coming up when uh, April. Yeah. Yeah, after the international, and you're and you're coming to Anfield as well. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, we'll see about that. You that one up already. <laughs> yeah, well, we already beat you once, so I, I, I will remind you. Well, well, let, let's get to April and let's see how it goes, shall we? All right, yeah, let, let, let's do that. Uh, it's supposed to have a good Arsenal side coming to Anfield for a change. That's all I can say. Well, I mean, that, <laughs> I mean, that, yeah, you, you 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 definitely got a point there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't. I can't dismiss that point. Uh, yeah. So, hey, since last we spoke, John uh, Celtic have added another piece of silverware 
to their trophy cabinet, winning the Scottish, um, winning the Via Play Cup, as it's called. And, now. and who did they beat in the final there? Uh, that would be uh, the Huns. <laughs> A highly, highly satisfying trophy. Yeah, except for the fact that Alfredo Morelos uh, finally scored against Celtic, <laughs> which that, that was kind of a bummer. Well, that, that's kind of law of averages, isn't it? it it's like if, if he plays if for them like, long enough, he might score eventually. You know what? How many seasons has he had playing four times a season against them? Yeah, I think he may have scored one other time, but I'm not. I'm not. I, I can't confirm that with absolute clarity. But you know, the the funniest thing was is when he got subbed off and he was like kicking stuff on the sidelines. It's like, oh yeah, this guy is not going to be here very much longer. No, well, and, and remember, remember when he was trying to, remember he was trying to engineer a move away, and like nobody was taking him. Totally, it was like unlucky fella. <laughs> oh, gosh, you hate to see it. Absolutely. Uh, what, 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 but, what, what, what a shame. So hey, uh, Ange Postecoglou has also managed his hundredth game at Celtic. Oh man, that that has just come out so damn quickly. Oh my goodness, he—I mean, what, what what a turnaround this man has has performed, and, and he's broken through, uh, basically broken through a whole new subculture of, uh, you know, or uh, I shouldn't say subculture. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, a, a whole new market, shall we yeah. say? He's in... broken down cultural barriers. He has. He 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 truly has. And I mean, and now that you know the rest of Scotland's getting in, in on the act because now you know Hearts have a Japanese player now. Hey, they're finding value for money. It, you know, yeah, it, it's good to see. So, all right. Well, uh, oh, here's one thing we need to discuss. Uh, Germany has unfortunately become a one-person race once again. Yeah. One-team race. <laughs> Oh, boy. Union, who just had a 1-1 with Wolfsburg, just wrap up. Well, that's a shame. You know, I have to say, though, Celtic legend Josip Juranovic, uh, working out pretty well for Union Berlin so far. He's playing. He's having a really nice season down there, yeah. He, well, you know, between Celtic and Union, yeah. You know, since he, 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 only, he only just moved in the January window. Hmm. So, but yeah, Bayern now have a 50... Two points. Uh, they are in the lead by two points over Dortmund, who could not put away the bottom team, Schalke. You know, it, 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 they're they're hated rivals in the Revere Derby. You hate to see it. Let's face it. Yeah, <laughs> no one uh, wants to see it. Munich. Yeah, Leipzig and, and Union uh, are tied at forty-five. Leipzig does have a superior goal difference. Um. I mean, it's not totally over yet, but I mean, we we're we're already seeing the signs, aren't we? Yeah, I I, I think uh, the advice from I would give is watch the Bundesliga up to about about to the first of March because it's really good up to that point. After that, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, let's uh, go to Italy for two seconds, um, where Napoli are now only eighteen points ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I get. I don't mind that. I, I. That is a really good side they've put together there. Yeah. So I mean, you know, with Juve. Think about it though. If Juve, you know, had they not had those points deducted, they'd be in second right now. 
And there is an appeal going on, isn't there, if I'm not mistaken, and the rumor is that they will win that appeal, but oh, we will boy. see. Oh, boy. Uh, you know what, though? Shout out to Roma, who now have, uh, not only do they lose to Sassuolo today, 4-3, to three, at home, <laughs> but also they, they now have a, a most ignominious stat for this season. Indeed. John. Yes, they are so far the only team to have been beaten by Cremonese, who are the bottom team. I, I am yes, I did see that. I, I clearly the Jose effect is in full swing here. Oh boy. Yeah. Well I thought this was I, I thought that the second year of Jose Mourinho was supposed to be a good one. Can you imagine what next year's gonna be like then? Oh well <laughs> Get the popcorn, my dude. That was all I'm saying. Oh, my goodness. Oh, goodness gracious. All right. Well, we're going to take up probably the rest of our news segment here uh, to talk about one particular issue that has been a, a an absolute explosion over in the UK, uh, not just in football, just across, well, I, I just across life in general. It's cultural. It's it's across all the media. It's a lead story in pretty much everything over the weekend. So, John, uh, since this is your neck of the woods, you have the floor. All righty. Well, earlier in the week, um, the government sought to, put, to pass a little bit of legislation to deal with the cro boat crossings from France to the south coast of England. These are, again, and this is not a doubt, illegal crossings. But the uh, but part of the problem is the government have, ro have rolled back the state enough that they cannot process all these cases. Therefore, there are a ton of refugees and immigrants in hotels. And the government has played the refugee issue up over and over and over again when it's something they can do very little about. This bill was it borders if not is actually illegal under international law it's trying to basically set, just have anyone who comes to britain will be battered away without being checked without anything and there's a horrible poster of it going you would not benefit from our modern slavery laws so i don't think anyone's coming here to be a slave dudes now gary lineker a man who I will, who you have to say, is not a favourite of this podcast because he played for Everton and Spurs. <laughs> not a good combination, but a man who has I, taken in. Excuse me, yeah. I, I, I will point out that we hear his name at the beginning of every episode. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, who uh, was in a conversation on Twitter where he expressed the opinion that the language or the rhetoric around the bill not the bill itself not what was going on was reminiscent of 1930s germany which from everything yeah. i've heard is seems legit yes but it, it, he's a bit wrong it, I, I think it's more it's close to 1920s germany when it was all building up okay when it was fair. okay fair. Using, using language I'm just doing that because it's my history degree kicking in, you know. Um, and this was picked up by the Daily, Ma Daily Mail and other right-wing papers 
who suddenly came in with Gary Lineker is comparing the Tories to Nazis. And Suella Bravman, the Home Secretary, who frankly is unfit for her office, in my opinion, and I'll quite happily say that, and I will keep saying that because she is basically using it to campaign for the Tory party rather than using it to govern, said that she was offended by this because her husband is Jewish. And it was like the Board of Deputies, big British Jewish organisation, not exactly left-wing, have also compared it to that. Are they anti-Semitic as well? Come on. But anyway, this was jumped on by the right-wing press, by a bunch of Tory MPs, who then demanded Lineker be suspended. Now, the BBC, the trouble with the BBC here, they they basically forced him to step back from match of the day. They, they took him off. And the, the problem here is with this issue, even if you accept that Lineker should be suspended as people like who are also freelancers employed by the BBC, such as Alan Sugar, uh, such as Andrew Neil when he was entered as spectator, Michael Waterloo, who were not censured for tweeting such things or talking about such things. Even if you accept that point, there are three key figures in the BBC, the Director General, the Chairman of the Board of Governors, and a guy on the board called Robbie Gibb, who is a former Director of Communications for the Tory party, are, in are basically in charge of this discipline. Lineker is, fairly or unfairly, and I think fairly in my opinion again, he, he, it is seen that he is being tried in a kangaroo court. And then this weekend, once Lineker was taken off, you had essentially an absolute roll call of everyone on involved in the BBC football coverage saying, "We're not, we're not doing it this weekend." You, you know, you had Ian Wright was first out the blocks, knowing what match of the day means to him. What a what a guy! I I, I love I've come to love Ian Wright over the years almost as much as an Arsenal fan. Alan Shearer stepped back. Uh, Alex Scott, uh, Jason Hamilton, presenter of final score. Everyone they could have got Jermaine Genus, I heard. Yeah, yeah Jermaine Genus. Micah Richards, who also yeah. appears on CBS, by the way. Yeah. Oh, he, he was working for BT Sport yesterday. It's, it's just the BBC. So everyone stepped back, even on the women's football coverage. I believe there was no one there. The only football coverage I think was, was that there was one scam report across that line uh, on, on the radio to do the commentary. Everyone else was. Absolutely. Dion Dublin, who's doing the radio coverage, refused to go on. I watched Match of the Day last night and it was eerie. It was, you know, you know, oh, we, a football coverage we used to, you know, we used to having commentary there. We used to having pundits there to talk about it. What we had was 20 minutes of just straight, straight football, literally nothing else. Uh, Football, a quick take, computer graphic with a table at the end. That was it. Yeah, I, the, the Guardian did a live blog about this. Oh, man. GB News. The, like, have you heard about GB News? The, I, the, I, the, I, I know the that they're awful. <laughs> I know that. They did, the, they uh, opposite match of the day, so 10th, they did their own uh, match of the day. Unfortunately... They don't have any rights. So think the telesnaps of Doctor Who DVDs. <laughs> oh, and, my God. <laughs> and 
you watch they and they were talking shit about wokery and they they were making comments about rainbow flags in brighton which i'm going my dudes this is not far off homophobia well you know it's gb news they're they're dog shit yeah it's both both talk tv as well both those new channels talk shit so we have had a weekend of no football coverage or or no football reporting there has been coverage, but absolutely minimal. And I believe Match of the Day 2, which goes out tonight, is going to be equally minimalistic. And the best thing, Lineker is not backing down on what he said. Good. He should not. And I, I, I don't think I need to really stretch our wings much to say that, you know, we, we obviously we here at the Busting Balls podcast obviously support Gary Lineker. 100% and, and the rest of the crew of match of the day. And it's, you know, it's amazing that every one of them to a T did this. It's, it's also great. And, you know, just shows what, a what, 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 what a camaraderie that uh football does bring, even if you're it's no longer actually a footballer. It's made me respect Jermaine genius and Danny Murphy. I don't know what to do with my life now, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I've been reading this, you know, from afar, of course, because I'm in the U.S., obviously. And, um, yeah, this has been, yeah, this has just been, been harrowing to read. I mean, just, I mean, everything I know about this immigration bill that the current government are trying to push through, yeah, it's not far off from what it, they were it, saying. It, it is not far it, off. And I think the issue here, Polly, is... You know, I, I know in a perfect world, government is just boring, right? It's them getting stuff done on behalf of the country to get you looking after the population. The Conservative Party, and I think as much the Republican Party to a certain degree, it's what they're not governing. They're basically just in office to campaign. So they're using the kind of amped up electoral rhetoric all the time. And also, this shit goes back to David Cameron caving every time the right wing of his party came to him you know he described he was the first one to describe the you know the refugees as a swarm there's footage of him doing that oh well and we get this every election year too you know every time there's some sort of election suddenly there's a migrant caravan coming up through south america through central america you know yeah, every time the right-wing part, if he could not discipline his party, he fucking caved every single time they gave him any issues. And all we get now is them asking the impossible because the world does not work in their extremist worldview. And then they're blaming someone else for it. You know, what, what was it? Brava Man was saying she was blaming a woke blob of lefty lawyers and civil service. You can't be to the bloody... If you're to the right of the law, you'd look at yourself. The law is neutral. Well, I'm also, <laughs> go, I, I'm also going to point out that this is what happens when you have state-run media. Because, well, this, because, when you have, because when you have people like this in charge of the state, this is what happens to the media. Yeah, the- theoretically, the BBC is not state-run. It-, it is officially arms length. So. Yeah, I think we all know that's bullshit at this point. But, yeah, um, but it's it's the problem is that there are governmental appointees to the board, and really speaking, 
it should be across party to maintain that impartial look at least. They are incapable of disciplining Linica because they are incapable of looking like they are being fair in doing so one way or the other. Okay, and so clearly the, the, the solution here is to not pay your license fee because <laughs> that, that's still one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard too. License <laughs> Quite fee frankly. License fee is great. It's basically, it's a it's, it's no worse than scrub. It, the, the amount you get for your license fee, man, I am all good with it. <laughs> Dude, if you didn't have a license fee, you wouldn't have Doctor Who we'd never have met. Come on. Yeah, but at this point, you know what? Uh, it's all it's all privatized anyway, and Doctor Who's through Disney now anyway. So it's worth it's worth a lifetime set to have this podcast. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but I think as an act of protest at this point, I, I wouldn't blame people. But it it it's it's an undermining the BBC again purely for the Tories and the Tories and, and other governments. Yeah, you know, the BBC was founded in 1922. Yeah, but dude, the, 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 yeah, the, 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 the phone calls coming from within the house, my guy. I yeah. mean, yeah, it, it's it's been they've been interfering, coming interfering when Churchill Churchill was Chancellor Exchequer and wanted to cross the general strike since 1926, and and yeah, there's incidents such as called uh, Margaret Thatcher uh, appointing the entire single mom because but anyway, we we should be bringing this back to the football. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, solidarity with Gary Lineker and and Ian Wright yeah. and Alan Shearer and Alex Scott and all all the rest that uh, chose not yeah. to chose not to partake in this BS. And uh, well, we uh, we do hope this gets resolved in Lineker's favor because he yeah. did nothing and, wrong. He did absolutely nothing wrong. It, it should be pointed out that uh, this the the focus on the immigrant problem is caused by a show which essentially has people watching largely and enjoying the hard work and exploits of very talented immigrant workers every single Saturday night. Oh, absolutely. And also, I'm just going to point out once again, you know, you know, funny how the right wing are the first people to say, you know, stick to whatever, don't bring politics into it. But when, you know, your entire au revoir is to bring politics into make everything political and then people lash back politically they get very surprised and they clutch their pearls and yeah i mean if i did not want to be compared to certain autocratic regimes i would not simply tell my opposition just to shut up and try and silence them you're right right exactly yeah, yeah just, <laughs> and you know what we and this show and this sport has never been just about the football it is I mean, the, the entire sport has never been about that. I mean, when you have the, the dude who created Downton Abbey creating a show called the English game, where he's trying to make sure everybody knows it was the upper class who brought, you know, football yeah. to where it was. Yeah. It's, it, so it's it. never been just about, it's never just been about the sport. No, oh, I, I forgot. Went, why wasn't he talking about this when he was making money in Qatar? My dude, the BBC did not show the opening ceremony and had an hour-long examination of what had gone on in Qatar. Yeah, that much is true. I remember, yeah, I remember that, so. But, yeah. So, so big up Gary, big up Rogie, big up Alan Shearer, all the matches there, guys. Absolutely 100% solidarity. Indeed. Uh, 
I'm going to take this last little bit to plug something. Because... Well, that would be... Well, because by the time this episode comes out, uh, it'll be a week away. I have a graphic novel coming out from Dark Horse Comics called Warbirds. Who uh, do that? Drew, do that? Drawn by known West Ham United fan, uh, Stephen Parkhouse. <laughs> and so, I should say, he, he did a few other things besides in, in just, his time. You just know. one or two, but... Yeah, you know, he he may have co-created a show a uh, a comic that is now a hit show on sci-fi called Resident Alien. But uh you know. Uh anyway, just want to point that out. It's in comic stores on the 22nd. Uh if you want to order it uh before then, uh the order code is NOV as in November 220478. I I should point out I have this on order. I'm wait I'm eagerly awaiting it. Having seen a few pages of it, it is fantastic looking. Well, and I, I read the script, and yeah, it is. It's great, and I'm just looking forward to seeing the finished product. Well, thank you, my man. I'm sending I, over you to get signed. I, I appreciate it. I appreciate that. But right now, coming up, today's topic is there too much football? John and Jeffrey debate whether we've reached peak saturation for the game. Please stay tuned. second half of episode 79 of the Busting Balls podcast. Tonight, the main topic, is there too much football? John and Jeffrey discuss whether there is five minutes somewhere in the calendar where they have not squeezed a football match into. Uh, I, before we go further on this topic, I'd just like to point out, we, we just said this was episode 79, and technically it is. It is uh, the full episode 79, but uh, I'm just looking at our SoundCloud page right now. Uh, if I'm doing the math correctly, this will actually be our 100th recording of the Busting Balls uh, in some form or fashion. Oh my god. <laughs> Congratulations, my dude. Yeah, <laughs> Wow, we've done a hundred. We have a hundred podcasts and pod blasts together. It, that, that, that's insane, isn't it? <laughs> that's a lot of talking shit. <laughs> that's two. That's two World Cups. <laughs> wow, that is that is two World Cups. Oh my god! And a, a Liverpool title. Um, we know if Arsenal win the title, there'll be at least one more pod blast in this series as well. <laughs> oh, at least, at least. So, anywho, yes, our main topic today, is there too much football? Now, this is a topic we've broached before. But I'm just going to point out that this has now come up again in one of the most disingenuous ways. And the reason why this has come up again is because 
of Manchester United getting washed seven 0 by Liverpool. Can you repeat and, that one again? Sorry, what, what was what was the cause? Uh, the 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 cause was <laughs> Manchester United <laughs> getting washed by Liverpool seven 0 I thought I said so. It's Man United getting washed seven 0 by Liverpool. Cool. Yes. <laughs> so now suddenly it's a problem. And I, I have a distinct feeling, and, and the argument that I heard certain pundits, at least over here, uh, certain pundits kept claiming that, well, you know, it, this wasn't a fair result for Man United because they just had to play Barcelona twice inside of seven days. And a tie that Man United was victorious in and moved on in the Europa League from, we will point out. And yeah. and suddenly and now suddenly it's a problem. I I have a distinct feeling that if Man U had gotten a result out of that game, this wouldn't be being discussed. No, I, um, let, let's also point out that I, I didn't hear this from Manuel Albeni last season when Liverpool played over sixty games in the season, and Jurgen Klopp was repeatedly saying, you know, it's too much, and he's absolutely right. Okay, uh, I, I knew you were going to bring this up. Of course. And I'm going to point out to you, good sir, that you were crowing about all the competitions that you were still in. Oh, yeah. Tell, what, you do, yeah. It, it's not a complaint about how we did last season. The real complaint I've got is after that long 60-game season, the players had to go straight off to play the Nations League games, had a very, very short summer break, and were almost immediately back in training after that. There was... And obviously, this is because the season was disrupted because they wanted to put a World Cup in there. There was no concern for player welfare there. You know, we're talking... Virgil van Dijk came back at the start of last season... From, you know, a serious injury when from the attempted assault by Jordan Pickford. Successful assault by Jordan Pickford. Um, Not that you're still bitter about this. No. He played 60 games on top of that. Then the Nations League had an inadequate break. And obviously he broke down just a, a, not long after the they came back from the World Cup. He was not, he played, played too much football. And there was no way to avoid it. He plays virtually every game for club and country. It's it's a how long in the modern game can a player play at their peak, you know, without serious injuries kicking you know, from strains, from not being at peak fitness? How long can you have a game which is and a game that is more athletic than it ever was back, you know? 20 years, it gets more and more athletic year after year. You have to expend more energy, more sprints, more all of this. How long can a player stay at their peak while they're essentially being, you know, a sporting reenactment of they shoot horses, don't they? One for the kids there. (laughs) Jeez. This is the second episode in a row you've referenced that movie. Well, yeah, totally. (laughs) But it's, it's 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 the obvious one, I think, to reference. Okay, but again, I mean, 
you're saying this with the 60-plus game season, but we can go back to our episodes, and you were gloating about how Liverpool were still in all these competitions at the same time. So, you, so I mean, I, 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 on that level, you can't now just take it back and say that, oh, well, you know, it was too much because of what happened after that. No, no, it, it, no, I, I don't, I, I don't regret the season. Yeah, you know, if, if you win all the cup competitions, you know you're in all the season, you know what you're in for. Great. It, it was the inadequate break afterwards that, that really, and yet you can see the effect on Liverpool this season. There is no way that virtually any Liverpool player who's been there, who would play through our season, is, is back on form. As I said, Arsenal had, Far fewer games lost. I think they went out the cups in the, in the first round. They were in a, they were eligible too, so they only had a a forty odd game season, and they benefited from that. I think this year because you know they are much fitter, much sharper, beautiful, and I, I frankly I'm delighted because otherwise we'd be facing City again with the title, and we don't want to see that. <laughs> yeah, but you know we're, we're at a point where obviously we had the you know. The Queen over here dying in in September last year, and if Liverpool had not gone out of the cups, we would have been unable to find a slot between January and I think it's going to June, six months where the calendar is so packed, you will you cannot deal with postponements. That is unhealthy. Okay, so I, I will take that point. I, I will definitely take that point. But, I, I, again, th- 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 there's a lot of disingenuity going on. Oh, yeah. Because of the fact that the, the, the reason why, again, this all came up is just because Man U got, ho- got you know, had a record loss. And suddenly, suddenly now it's a problem. Yeah, I, I mean, again, it, it's, it's the problem of football fans. It's not a problem until it affects their club, right? I am going to suggest we're going to see a lot of muscle injuries, a lot of you know, strains and you know, hamstring tears, etc., for the rest of the season because the players are being worked way too hard. Right. For life. And, you know, and remember, we saw this in the pandemic year, too. Yeah, totally. Remember in, and, in, in 2020, when, when, we, when suddenly we were like, teams were playing games every three days. Which, yeah. you know what, in, in a lot of American sports, that's normal. Yeah, but it's, it, 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 basketball. It is, it's normal for the NBA. It's normal for hockey, you know, for the NHL. I mean, it's normal for baseball, but, I mean, let's face it, they don't do a, I mean, a lot of baseball yeah. is standing. So. I, 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 should, I, I got this point, though. You know, is, it, is it hockey and basketball have rolling subs? So they don't. They do have rolling people. subs. Yes, they they do. Oh, cut, yeah. They do cycle players in and out. Whereas football is essentially the same guy starting. Baseball is is almost two squads in one, isn't it? If I if I'm not mistaken. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, and, yeah, and they pull pitcher. Yeah, I mean, they'll pull pitchers after a couple of innings because you know that now you know nowadays they track how many pitches a guy throws in a, in a game, and it's like, oh, he's hit this. Oh, he's thrown sixty pitches. Yeah, no, he's got a. Yeah, and, go. um, and you know, football gridiron again. They that is a game again, a physical game, which is only played once a week, and players 
do not like that Thursday night slot because they haven't had enough time to rest and repair. That's a problem for me, is that inadequate time for players to rest their bodies and to get back to, you know, you're not going to be in peak fitness towards the end of the season anyway. It's it's going to be, you have so much energy over the season, accumulating fatigue. But that fatigue is going to accumulate. And, you know, you could have this, the end of this season, you, you, could, you could have teams blowing up. Yeah, simply because of this, because of this issue. Right. Well, I mean, even Arsenal's having to starting to have that issue now. Now we're hitting the late season. I mean, Eddie and Kedia is out with a knock, and he was supposed to be the replacement for Gabriel Jesus, who came back today, but hey. off the bench. You know, yeah. Leandro Trossard had to go off against uh, against Bournemouth, and that nearly deep six. You know, that nearly deep six Arsenal. Trossard, again, assigning to boost the squad. You, you need to make that at this point in the season with the way things are going. But again, if he's, you know, if he's breaking down, if, you know, if well, Arsenal I mean, don't... He played today and had a hat-trick of assists, so, you know. <laughs> I, I think that, I believe there are only seven players in Premier League history with, with three assists in one game. Four of them are Arsenal players as well. There you go. Yep. Uh, but anyway, that, that's beside the point. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, I, I will agree on this point that, number one, the Nations League is we, – we'll, we, we have always been down on the Nations League on this yeah. show. Yeah. The, it, it's essentially trying to get rid of international friendlies, really. It's all trying to make international friendlies have a point. And I'm just like – Why not just not have – imagine not having the international friendlies, especially in, in, especially in a World Cup year. Yeah, yeah, just move everything back. We, there was a pandemic and everything is still shifted from that. I know the, obviously, the last Euros were held that, held back a year. But, so just put that schedule back a bit, my dudes, you know? Yeah, and, you know, and now we also, I mean, but let, let's look at some of the other things, like, you know, the the Club World Cup in the middle of a season. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean that that's those are extra games that nobody's talking about, and and I believe that FIFA want the Club World Championship to expand again. Right, exactly, and now we have, and now we're expanding just like they're trying to expand the World Cup to now to forty eight teams. Which yeah. why, for the love of God, why do you need forty eight teams in a World Cup? Unless unless we're going to all unless it's going to just be like, you know, a, a single elimination tournament, which. Okay, maybe, but... but that's that ain't going to happen because they do not want a World Cup where, say, Brazil, Argentina, France, et al. go out in the first couple of rounds. Well, as could sure that, you know what? They've always yeah. There's, I, always, I would been, be there's always been a big team going out in the first oh, yeah. in, in, in the in, in the group stage of the World Cup. Yeah. They could I mean, all go out with the World Cup standards. I mean, uh, Fr France and Argentina went out in the in the 2002 World Cup, you know, yeah. from Korea to Japan. I think you got to remember, the World Cup isn't just about the sport; it's about making the sweet, sweet money. Well, yeah, and that's <laughs> what the real issue. Which, hey, look at that! Here's the real issue, kids. Oh yeah, <laughs> it, 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 it's it's our it's our good friend late stage capitalism once again. Hey. Yeah, it, it's that's the problem, and uh, it's late stage capitalism 
and the political power, the jockeying for the money between likes of UEFA and FIFA. They all want their share. Of the, they want to be the big money makers. They want that all the revenue coming their way. Right. And now we have, and now we we, we have this expanded the, this new Champions League format. It's coming up what next year? Or I think 20, it is yeah. or twenty four, twenty five. One of the two. Um, I think it's actually, but I would stand to be corrected on that because I haven't looked it up in the last few minutes. Yeah, but it, it, yeah, I mean, it's the same thing. It, it, okay, you want to talk about there's too many games, there's too much football going on. Why not look at this? Why, why, yeah, why not look at that yeah. instead of looking at established competition? You know, I mean, we're, we're we're talking that established competitions is the problem. No, it's yeah. not. It's it's the piling on onto the established competition. Sorry, the UEFA Cup is older than either of us, <laughs> I think. Yeah, yeah. You know, which is oh. what the Europa League morphed into. Totally. You know, and, you know, sorry about you. Yeah, I'm, I'm very sorry that Manu had to go, had to play Barcelona instead of, you know, I don't know, uh, just to... to Ludogorets Luda, Luda, Luda Rosgrad. Yeah. If Menu had just had to play Ludogorets Rosgrad, would that be, be an issue? I don't uh, think it would be. This, this Bar- the Barcelona game, wasn't it the days before they won the cup final at Wembley? I don't, uh, I don't... Yeah, I believe the first one was. Yeah, they, yeah. they won a cup final in that period yeah. too. And they were not complaining at that point? And no. all I was doing was Casemiro's great influence on them. And, yeah, he hasn't had a good time since. Um, right. But, I mean, again, it's like it, there, there's very selective. It, it's yeah. a very selective uh, criticism, I think. Yeah. Um, but there is a legitimate criticism, too. But it's not for the reasons everybody's saying. No. It, you, you've got to separate. On a single game, yeah, don't get, Man United had... A huge, you know, they, they had a, a huge loss. Just, it happens in games. They they didn't lose because they were unfair. They lose because they just lost because they just fell to pieces. Right, and, well, when Man U beat Arsenal 8-2, to two, was, was there too many games being played then? Quite probably, but they weren't, certainly weren't saying anything about Not that. Right, they? exactly. No, <laughs> um, no it, it's just, look at the... It, it's something you need to look at over a season. Is it for Liverpool? Have had they've been at some points we've seen like 12, 12 players with first team appearances across a season. It's and again, it's something you need to just look at player fitness. It, it's what you know. Not all clubs can afford to have two squads. You know, can afford to have the players come. City are probably the only ones really. And well, Chelsea at the moment. Let's let's put it that way. Who have enough <laughs> players to to keep the the schedule you'd normally get in the Premier League over Christmas, over the Christmas New Year period, where you only got three games in a week. That schedule all goes all the way from January to to May. If you're in the Cups, how the hell do you expect players to be at their best at that way? You, you know, it's it's damaging the golden goose at that point you know you're, well, you're gonna have big players just getting injured right okay but also i mean look at the lower divisions the championship league one and i think league two without looking uh all have 46 game seasons correct nobody's complaining there <laughs> 
That's eight more than the Premier League. And that's if you're not in also cup competitions. Yeah. And so the Premier League, as top clubs, will have Champions League, which are minimum six extra games. So they will play roughly the same amount of games in a season. Right. And then, you know, I mean, and there are some lower division teams still in the FA Cup. Oh, yeah. We will mention. Yeah, it's rare that you get anyone below the championship at this stage, but it does happen, yeah. Yeah, it does happen, and but yet we're not hearing that. you know. And I remember there was talk about uh, FIFA wanting the Premier League to shorten the number of, of, uh, uh, of, uh, of teams in the league. Yeah, to that's a fixture list, but they already did that because the, when the Premier League started, there were 24 pe- teams in the league. 22. 22 was it 22 i'm sorry no 42 42 games 42 games season so yeah 22 yes so okay yes. so my apologies it was 22. yeah no, this, this is a this is a long-standing bugbear i think between um uefa and the premier league they want the premier league to reduce to 18 teams in line with germany i believe is 18 is it not um hey, germany is 18 but la liga and la liga and uh syria are 20. Yeah, they they wanted the Premier League to reduce to yeah eighteen teams. I think that's gone away more of recent years. They haven't been so keen on it, but it's just a it it at this point you know I, I like to watch as much football as I can, but at the moment. There's enough football on Liverpool to keep me going. Also, you know, same same with you. Say you got Arsenal and Celtic. How much time do you have to watch other teams to you know to enjoy other games? Yeah, right. But all well, you know, Celtic doesn't get on TV half the time. So, you know. But you like <laughs> but yeah. uh, right. But I mean, and, and this has come up before too in other sports too. Because remember, the NFL added a 17th game to the season. Yeah, players were not happy on that. Yeah, and and, and I do remember back when the NFL used to be a 14 game season. Yeah. And there Slightly was, cool. yeah, I mean, yes. the Super Bowl was usually, I mean, the playoffs were usually over in December, it used to be. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, it's, crazy, it's right? January, yeah, well, and now, now it's mid-February. Yeah, well, there was, a, there was a reason for that. Oh, yeah. Which was, you know, the slight thing called 9-11 that delayed a week of the NFL, so. So then they had to push the Super Bowl back a week, so. And they liked what they had with, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. It, it, yeah, well, again, late-stage capitalism strikes yet again. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree to an extent that there are too many games. It's just it, it, we're not looking in the right places where to cut the games, I think. I think we we get rid of the friendlies and the Nations League. That, that's going to cut down some of the games. Let's face it, the, 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 the Club World Cup is a formality because it's always the UEFA, whoever represents UEFA, that wins it at this point. Well, UEFA or South America. South, South America has so in recent years. But when yeah. was the last time a South American team won the Club World Cup? Um. Well, let's see. We... Well, I remember them beating no, us you, back in six. Well, <laughs> you, you, you beat Flamengo last time Liverpool was there. Yeah, we did. 2019. That's why I was going to remember that. Hang on. I think Real Madrid have a few in their locker, don't they? Oh, just a few. 
Let's have a look at this. Okay, the 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 last time a not the the last time a non UEFA club won the Club World Cup was 2012. Corinthians beat Chelsea one wow. nil in in Yokohama. Gotcha. Yeah. Then again, so I suppose recent years, the increasing economic power of UEFA. Thank you, late stage capitalism. Yeah. So okay. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll take your point. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a formality. It, it's like it's like Bayern winning the the Bundesliga at this point. It's a, you know, it's a formality. <laughs> oh my lord! Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's you can cut competitions, or you can shorten competitions. This is the thing. I, I mean, the th the thing I would say is British football in in recent years. I think it was the pandemic did for. But it'd been trending towards it. It's done away with FA Cup replays. Or anything more than FA Cup replays after the fifth round, I think it is. Yeah, because I know we, we still had some replays uh in, in this competition. Which which is kind of sad because you know, I, I always kinda liked that, honestly. I mean, I, I, I get the argument, but I, I, I kinda liked it, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll go back to when when you not only just have two or three replays of an FA Cup game, just like wow. Well, that I mean that okay, I I, I see that, that that that's getting up there, you know. Yeah, that that that's, that's getting up there. So I mean, we we, we I, mean, I I think we're in broad agreement. Yes, there is in fact too much football. It's not for the reasons everybody thinks it is. No, and and you know when we, when we take it that I think. We do need to scale back some of the existing competitions instead of, you know, adding layers to them and then trying to add more to it, you know, add, add more competitions to it. So, yeah, yeah well, long story short, abolish the Nations League, like like I've been saying this entire time. <laughs> I think we, 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 I'll add a we to that because I certainly support that one. I, yeah, I mean, the Nations I League is, I mean, let's face it, the Nations League is dumb. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're trying to add in a validity to it by making it as a kind of a qualifying process to give extra extra spaces for the Euros and just like why yeah working it was you you could cut down the qualification processes for the Euros quite easily but you know one <laughs> this uh, game yeah they they could and but they don't <laughs> no it never happens. Yeah, it's it just yeah, it's just interesting how how Conmebol's very streamlined. It's like what nine teams or nine teams, and that's it. And nine teams, home and away, boom. Yeah, yeah. I, I know UEFA's got many more than that, but yeah, I mean, it is true. Yeah, I mean, there there is a there are many more uh, FA, you know, football associations within UEFA. So basically, it just comes down to yeah, FIFA and UEFA, they suck, <laughs> and. and they're the reason it, why it's, it's the green it's about but again it, it's like why the world cup went to russia and qatar hello late stage capitalism as jeff says yep our, our, our good friend which is why it's it's uh it, it's coming back here to to these united states and mexico and canada for for 2026 so 
Well, I'm sure this is another topic we're going to be readdressing as time goes on, but uh, hopefully not because not hopefully not because you know a, a team that the pundits all support, uh, you know, gets hammered in, in embarrassing fashion, and then suddenly it's a problem. Because I I noticed nobody was saying anything about that Dutch team washing uh, Den Bosch thirteen uh, nil. Oh yeah. <laughs> Dear Lord. Yeah, well, we're tired. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. boy. So uh, if you have any thoughts on uh, on this topic, you can hit us up on Twitter at BustingBallsPod or email us BustingBallsPod at gmail.com. You have been listening to us through our native SoundCloud feed, SoundCloud.com slash Busting-Balls or the PWOM Podcast Network, SoundCloud.com slash Pro Wrestling Only, and you can find us on Spotify. Search Busting Balls Podcast. John, any last words? I have two here. One, you're a football fan. Just watch Ted Lasso again this week, which is on. on, on oh, yeah. Show. Ted Lasso's back. That's right. Oh, yeah. Last third, season, apparently. Third season, yes. Yes. And two, buy Warbirds. Yes, please, buy Warbirds. <laughs> Hey, by the way, uh, on that note, uh, if you happen to be in Chicago for the uh, C2E2 Comic-Con on uh, starting uh, Friday, March the 31st, running through that weekend, uh, stop by table 014 because I will be there. And uh, if, if you happen to listen to the Busting Balls podcast, please say something because I'd love to meet some of our listeners sometime. And if you want to say anything rude about me, Jeff will happily tell me about it afterwards. Don't worry. <laughs> Well, after I laugh about it first and and say, oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. I'll say, oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah. Yeah, That dick. Yeah. (laughs) That son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) All righty. Well, with that in mind, it may be another uh, three to four week uh, lapse before we we return. Um, I'll try. We'll try to get one in before I had to do that show. But um, I I don't know what the the odds. Well, you know what? Hold on. Let me do the math. Ah, uh, maybe it can happen. Uh, twenty six, and it's the weekend. Be- yeah, the weekend before if we do a two week. So yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Could, we could do that. Yeah, we could do that. We could pro- probably finally do one of the topics we've been threatening to do, and just haven't. So we could fr- pro- maybe finally get to that. That'd be nice. That's cool. I'm I'm, I'm on with that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well. So we'll we'll try to get another show up uh, before the end of March. Uh, on it will probably record on the twenty sixth. So uh, until then, it's uh, good night for me, and it's good night from him. We'll see you hopefully in a couple of weeks. Good night. <laughs>